0: Hey there, it's great to have you with me. Aaron Noonan here. Great to have you along for the ride for another week. This is the V8 Sleuth Podcast, polished by Bowden's own premium car care, available at Repco in Australia and New Zealand, and a range of other auto stores as well. Now, James Courtney was in great form on part one of his podcast, and if you haven't heard it, jump on and get stuck in there. If you have heard it, well, let's roll on. Let's get stuck into part two of my chat with James Courtney. It goes all over the place. It's just like part one. You never know what you're going to get next, so let's get rolling. This is James Courtney from the b 8 Sleuth Podcast. When I look back over the last, you know, I guess, 15-ish years, you've had probably one of the highest profiles of the championship over the time and, and thinking back to a bunch of stuff, and it was reminded to me with a little bit of YouTubing uh, mm, before no. we sat down. Um, obviously the Dancing with the Stars stuff, I mean, it's very rare when supercars' drivers have gone mainstream and there's only a handful who go into the mainstream because of their pro- – you know, lounge is mm. clearly one because of profile and scafe. And in the more – you know, the current crop or the more recent crop, you're probably the guy, if I sat there and looked at it, that has managed to move outside the boundaries to the point where – you know, the fact is, you know, your personal life ended up in the papers over the journey. And that doesn't happen. No, but what I mean is yeah. that doesn't happen with many supercars drivers because there's not that interest from the media organisations in
1: in writing about it. And they like
0: a bit of salacious detail in the, the daily media. So you're one of the few drivers that's had your personal life sort of splashed out there over previous years. How have you dealt with that over the journey? Because it's something that I guess other supercar drivers haven't had to worry about.
1: Yeah, I think... Um it comes back a little bit to Brock, I guess. I remember him always saying to me the most important thing is who you are out of the car. You earn your money out of the car rather than in the car. Um, so I've always been the guy that puts his hand up to do something stupid or, you know, to to really build that public profile um, because in the end we're salesmen, we're selling, you know, the sponsors get involved with us because of your profile. That they don't, It's nice if you win the race and all that sort of stuff, but they're more interested in... You know, getting the airtime when you get off, you know, being interviewed, um, when you go and do conferences and talking at conferences and things like that. You know how you're interacting with with their um, you know, the people buying their products and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I've been and I think with motorsport and the way that I probably came through, I realised the value for money and the commercial aspect is so important mm. because
0: without it, you're stuffed.
1: Yeah, and, and like mum and dad couldn't afford to you know, take me to all the way to where I went. So I needed to, you know, leverage and, and, and work on those sides of things. So um, I think a lot of the guys now, like like with Shane, if he spoke 50% more than what he does now, he would make 300 times what he makes now. I think, you know, it's not, not everything's about money, I know, um, but interacting with the fan base, you know, having a bit of a profile and having something to say is interesting for people and then it does take you outside of that and it gives you a, a platform where we only can race for a finite amount of time apart from i seem to be going forever <laughs> and annoying everyone but um it's i'm sort of knew that if i put in this hard work and did these these things and built this sort of tried to well, tried to build this profile that when the racing's finished then i'm i'm not worthless anymore I've, I've then got something to i've built on i've got a profile then i can sort of my next stage in life is already sort of pre-started or pre-planned and and i can then just walk into something else and, and continue along whereas you know so many drivers and and i remember peter pointing this out and alan was always pushing and neil as well that so many guys come they win races do all right and then boom they disappeared and they you know you see them years later and not that they're it sounds bad, but they've sort of haven't really moved on or kept doing anything. Um, whereas if you put in the effort and build a profile, and, and you can keep going and, and doing things, and you've got to—I'm not saying you're worthless, but you, you've got value to continue add to yeah. the sport and, yeah. and, and continue to grow. So, um, so yeah, I've been pretty conscious to do that. Also, got three kids that I need to feed, so I've got to <laughs> <laughs> do everything I can, and and I think that's a big part of why i'm 43 i'm still in the sport um still getting contacted to continue to go further is because of that value that i can bring that you know the other guys are, yes the racing is important but this the outside of the car stuff clearly shows that it's more important than or well, not more important but it's as important as as mm. the incaster
0: it all clicks together the you don't get one without the other and if you want one you need to bring the other is yeah kind of the element to it yeah and, and because of your work in that area. And I remember Mike Porter did your, your PR there for Poison a while. Poison Pen Porter. Yeah, yeah, that's I it. I saw him the other day. Oh, He's you? still alive. I haven't seen Mike for a long time. Um, Long-time PR <laughs> guy. He did all the Peter Jackson stuff during the Philip and Morris McDewan. era. And Mick Doohan. And Toku with Super Touring and Paul Morris's team and did a really great job. He knew how to get a story that was a story in the places and that helped, you know, that time you were with Stones and DJR, I think it was about that time, and that really helped grow your your profile and and, and get you rolling And to the point where, yes, you've got to, you can always say you are James Courtney, supercars champion, there's 2010, there's what I did. And that's nice to have that connected to your name and gives you cred in the sport and outside the sport. But I've always felt that you've never been too afraid to take the piss out of yourself either. And as motorsport, we don't really do that. Like I look at the Mm. footy codes and see, you know, some of those players who become almost um, new characters of themselves when they become, you know, Panelists or mm. um, people on Fox or NRL or AFL or whatever they might be, I reckon you're that you're our guy for that for whenever you do stop. And I'm not trying to retire you. You got a long way to go, <laughs> got plenty of co-drives and all that. But I can see you in that role as a pied piper for the sport, not afraid to take the piss out of yourself along the way. Yeah, Is that I, fair, fair sort of. Yeah, thing? very
1: fair. I, I, to be honest, mate, I can't believe that I'm still don't have a real job. To be honest, <laughs> like I've come through my whole life just. Being an idiot, driving a car as fast as I can, and and um, having a good time and enjoying it, and showing the world that I enjoy it. Like I'm not afraid to show that I love what I do, and and that I'm really lucky lucky to be able to do it. And I think, um, you know, I think a lot of that probably goes back to my upbringing with my mum and dad, being keeping me very grounded, and you know, coming from that sort of background, that um, you know, you know, I'm not better than anyone else. That's you know, than the guys building the house across the road we're all the same we've got two arms and legs um yeah i'm not valued more than them and and um but yet my job's on tv and and um i have a lot more fun doing my job so <laughs> why not be happy and and mm-hmm. and open about it so it's um yeah i think it's a lot of that comes back to my upbringing but yeah i am an idiot um
0: <laughs> self-confessed yeah
1: but uh i'm having life's good mate like it's you know top side of the turf like Like I said, I get paid to drive a car for a living. There's not much to be unhappy about.
0: It's true. It's true. Uh, And the the starting point of that whole question, because you've had the profile, because you put yourself out there and done some of those things with the Dancing with the Stars and all that stuff along the journey, it's sort of if you bring your head up above the ground, sometimes it gets kicked off or you get dragged into other places. So, you know, and obviously what what I'm meaning, you know, daily media, I'm not talking about motor racing media or specialist media, (laughs) but it's, you know, finding yourself in the confidential pages about what's going on in your life is that's probably the, you know, that's the trade-off to the other stuff. Yeah, look,
1: it's it's not something that yeah, sometimes you've seen it and I'm being like, oh, Jesus, James, why did you do that or why did you say that or, um, you know, like with when everything happened with Karis, um, my ex-wife and myself, that was, that was probably a hard, quite a hard time for me because it's when I knew I had to talk about it and have it out there because it was all happening but, being able to myself accept it and, and and deal with it was pretty challenging. And then also just sort of as you're a father, you become super protective of the kids and and, and all that sort of stuff. So it has been super challenging at times. Um, it's you've used it for what you need it to at other times. Exactly. Um, Better swings and roundabouts I Yeah, guess. it's it's all part of what we do. And if you you know if you shy away from it and try and fight it off then that just you guys it harder just, yeah you guys chase. just turn on us. I so don't and go see harder. you guys.
0: It's not me. I'm not writing for the new idea or something. I'm yeah, not, but I find if I'm you I'm not paparazziing you in, the, bloody,
1: if in you, the bushes. If you embrace them and give them what they want, and if you can't give them something at one point, but give them a little bit of something about someone else, it just <laughs> it's a game, mate. It's a game. It is, so it's it um is. yeah it's all about keeping everyone everyone happy and and um yeah I don't know I don't know if I've done it right or wrong but. It's the way I've done it. It's how it
0: is. Can't change it. Um, we love the history of the sport at Sleuth. We love the history of the cars, the drivers, what's come before us. But equally we're still as attuned to what's coming next and what's going on. But um, I find that the guys I've talked to on this podcast a lot, on the scale of one to ten between appearing one day on one of those hoarder shows where they never thrown away anything in their life and at the other end of the scale, not having kept anything at all, where are you on the motorsport memorabilia? I know blokes who've kept every helmet, every suit, every balaclava, every race boot. Where do you, I mean? You have got part of a smash car in your garage, so that does go some way. But are you a hoarder, are you a keeper, or are you a keep some things? Where do you sit on a the? The only sport?
1: thing I've kept is all my helmets, um, nothing else. So, and I've only got the championship trophy, my world car- and my two world karting championship trophies, and then I just saw when you were saying that. The Bathurst trophy from I think I was second as I was leaving SBR it was sitting there and I grabbed it and no one said anything. One, so. of, those, one of those big round surfboards. <laughs> yeah, look ones. at it. Oh, See look it, it under the light over there. It is too. Oh. Yeah, but that's all I've got. I um oh and the two surfboard things, but um, the Gold
0: Coast trophies are pretty special too.
1: Yeah, but I don't have anything like you know helmets out on display or any of that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. All the surfboards are in the garage. It's um I don't know. I don't, not big on. Mm. It's you, plus it's like the kids. I don't want them to walk around and think the house is a shrine to me. Like it's, <laughs> my life's about my kids. So yeah, exactly. My kids are my kids are what's important.
0: What's um? Have you ever had something presented to you to sign that was yours once upon a time go, Where'd you get that from? Because that, yeah, that Last weekend, weeks.
1: a guy gave me. It was um. It was like fireproof underwear, but the bottoms. Oh. He goes. I bought these from HRT a few years back, and I was like, oh. Lucky Do you want me to sign the crotch? <laughs> yeah, I was like, lucky they're cleaned. Um, But yeah, you, you, I don't know, the funniest, I give so much of it. I just put in the some Um well, the Race team. Yeah, yeah, like crazy. Like I did a run probably because um, mum and dad moved and they, when I got divorced and caroused, just jammed heaps of stuff in their roof, in their garage. Anyway, mum and dad moved like about three months ago, four months Go ago. Come and take your shit. So dad just dumped a whole heap of crap here. And I started going through it and I was like, piles of SBR stuff like bags and bags of Making people cry right now who would have loved to have yeah (laughs) it was like crazy amount and I was like you know what someone needs this more than me I'm not gonna sell any of this stuff that's cheap I'll just give it to the salvo so I took it down there and anyway and the guy was all excited and Oh, gave good. it all to them. And then about two weeks ago, I was up at Homeworld here, and some guy rolled past in a Gelwood racing <laughs> shirt. <laughs> and I was like, That's. Got a bargain. Yeah, you got a bargain. I know where you got I that. You
0: got a bargain. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars unforgettable. Tell me, too, topic that doesn't get talked about. I don't think I've ever really brought this up on a podcast in the however many hundred that I've done. One of the big things as a football follower, so many tats, so many players with tats, and we can see them because they've got short sleeves. Race drivers we can't really see, but occasionally we do see. There's more drivers with ink than I reckon any of our fans would actually probably understand, but tell me about your ink. What's, what Wolf. does it all mean? What I'm do you from got West there? Sydney, sir. I this is on it. your right I have to have it. arm. So this is...
1: Yeah, so there's like a... Because remember, this is audio, not visuals. So. Okay, yeah, yeah so yeah, I'll yeah. have to yeah, explain yeah. it. So yeah. I've got um, Zara and Cadell on the inside of my bicep with like these little wings because yeah. Karis went through the childbirth and, um, and I, I wanted some part of something on me to, I don't know, be part of the whole experience. So I thought a tattoo might work. So I've got Zara and Cadell... The two wings on the inside of my arm, which is... Is, a, is um, that where
0: you started? That was the first yeah, one? Yeah, that was yeah. it. So yeah. I'll,
1: I'll get to that. I'll come back. I'll loop back to that because it's a funny story when it happens. So that I've got that. Um, then I've got a compass because of all the travelling sort of because I've been gone forever. And then there's like a clock which is falling apart because time, my whole world's about time, like mm-hmm. lap time. And there's a lighthouse because that's where I got married and I was only ever going to get married once, so... Thanks, Karis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so have you got a second tattoo for your second wedding? I've thought about changing Where did it, you get married the second time around? Oh, we just got married at the registry office. We How to do a tattoo of a registry yeah, office? maybe the, the Brisbane skyline oh, on go. the other side. Yeah, that works, yeah. But, um, then I've got Zara and Cadell standing up in the lighthouse. Right. I just did that. I went to Bali and I got those guys put there. Zara wanted a, an emoji love heart, so that's on the front of my bicep. Cadell wanted an anchor, so that's on the back there. Then Goby's not old enough to request tattoos just yet. No, but then I've got a. I don't know if you can see. There's like a storm now yeah, around yeah, the white yeah. around the lighthouse because of obviously divorce. So I've got a storm put all around it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I've got this hoary little thing on my back, which I made in my and I um, drew when we were both very intoxicated, and then I went and got it put on. So what is it? It's kind of like a. I don't know. You might be able to explain. It was supposed to be my star sign. Oh no! Which is like sixty-nine, sort of thing.
0: I do not know how to even explain it. It's like interlocking hooks. Hooks. Yeah. It looks like you've been hooked in the back of the shoulder. Yeah. So it was
1: my mate Danny Lindsay. So thanks, so it's Danny. All his fault.
0: Yeah. And what did he get one? No. Oh,
1: oh what, he, you yeah, just—you got don't know it. If he has it? now, oh. but no, he—he he was like the cool drawer when we were when I was young and. I I just just used to trace stuff. That was my my ability. But, yeah, going back to this. Yes, yes, sorry, loop back. So the Zara and Cadell with the wings. So the wing tip goes, as you can see, right up into my armpit. It does. So I was laying there and old mate sort of, my hand's sort of stretched out and he's sort of standing over my. The tattooist, you mean? Yeah, Yeah. tattooist. My arm's sort of down between his legs because he's sort of doing it. Anyway, and he does the whole thing and then he comes up into my armpit and he's sort of doing it and my hand twitched and hit him sort of on the ball sack. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, sorry, mate. <laughs> and he just sort of looked whoa, at me. Whoa,
0: whoa. I did not know guess where this was going.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he looked at me and I'm like, oh, sorry, man. Involuntary that was, movement. That was, that was weird. Anyway, and then he's doing it again and my hand sort of like flapped around <laughs> and he just looked at me and this guy had like tats like he looked like he would rip Hurt. my head off and mm. just with one hand. Anyway. And he looked at me and he goes, mate, I'm not interested. I'm not that way. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't know what's happening. I'm all right. And anyway, I did it and he sort of zipped around there again. My hand flapped him again. He stood up and he said, mate, do it one more time and I'll fucking drop you. <laughs> Sorry, I probably can't swear. It's
0: all right. We actually have had people who get disappointed if we bleep it out.
1: Okay. So then I'm then I'm like panicking. I'm like sweating because I'm like, I don't know what's going on, blah, blah. And then he does it again and it hits. My hand moves again and hits him and he jumps up and I jump up out of the thing. And I stand there and he's like, sit down, you idiot. It's me doing it to you. Look, watch this <laughs> rant, rant. And as <laughs> he he's like, it's hitting a like a tendon and moving my hands. So, yeah, so. He had you a little nervous, yeah. though. Yeah. Had you but, a little nervous. But, yeah, so I've got a bit of ink. I'll probably get something else for Kobe and Tegan. But um, I don't know. West of Sydney it's what you do. It's like it because everyone's like, why don't you get the lighthouse covered up? But it's the journey. It's my life. It's I wouldn't it. change – It's story. wouldn't change anything in my life. I think everything has happened for a reason. It's made me who I am now. If I'd changed anything, it wouldn't be right. I wouldn't be me. I like You'd me. You'd be you just on a different path. You'd be somewhere else. I'd be your bench more right of now. an arsehole maybe.
0: Possible? Is that possible? Definitely, I no. reckon. Okay. Let's, let's not do that. That's not a good thing. <laughs> That's not a good thing at all. We touched on this earlier, but um, you did a bit of support commentary with me back in the day. You did a little bit earlier this year. It's enjoyable. I actually really enjoy your work when you'd get behind the microphone because oh, like because I don't think you know what's coming next, which is the best part of it all, and it brings a bit of that colour and a bit of life to it. So and I'm not saying this and I'm not bringing this topic up. I'm not trying to retire you. I'm not mm. doing any of that. But when you do stop driving and you're not doing enduros anymore or if you are still doing enduros, however it works out, what's your motor race because clearly you're you're a racing guy. What's your next motor racing? I don't see you being a – team guy like working on a team or Hmm. um i could see a media type of role in that next wave of guys who have been in the sport and come out the other side to maybe pick up the baton from you know some of the the other former drivers who've been doing it for a while or add into the mix is that where you can see yourself fitting in or right now you haven't really thought about
1: that because i'm really i'm really
0: interested in what the next part for you is and what you you know, where you roll into the sport if you're doing the sport. I'm not trying to make mm. sure that
1: you stay in motor racing if you want to do something else. No, by all I, means go I definitely it. have thought about I'd Like you said, I you enjoy doing it and I, I love doing it. I, even we did it back in the day. I think we did some. Yeah. Formal Ford stuff. I don't even – can't even remember what categories we did.
0: Like development series with – I think, I mean, so far back, I mean, McLaughlin was young in it and Percat and
1: yeah. – now lost
0: it and whoever else so that's how long ago but it is I,
1: I liked doing it and it's funny like i remember the whole time garth and i were teammates we would sit and watch we used to call it the co-driver carp and like with the enduro time and would because whenever we would we'd only ever see our cars driving when we sort of that time of year so we'd sit together and we'd commentate and and joke about it and everyone would be laughing at us because we'd have little bets while while it was happening and and um i loved doing it and this year like back then I did it with you and this year I've been doing quite a bit um, I, I I get so excited I'm pretty animated and and I call it for what I see and and um, I'm an emotional guy so I, I'm up and down while it's happening and, and um, yeah I, I like doing it. so 100% when I'm done I think it's a very good um, very good uh, character reference or how you sort of explain. You're the wordsmith. What are you trying to say? How you wrapped me up then where you can't see me in a team world. Where I'd, yeah, I, I'm I the same. I'd, I can't see you like that's not you. I'm more thing. of a fan of the racing than going racing, if that makes a sense. Yeah, I don't like, see you in a driver, manager Yeah, the behind-the-scenes stuff and a, all that. It, I'm, I, like for me, the reason why I do this is – when you're sitting on the start line, the thing's at 7,250 RPM, whatever it is the limiter is these days, who knows? Seven and a half still, mate. Bingo. Has been for Ever. decades. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is, when you're sitting there and you're waiting for that red light to go oh. and then it goes out and you launch and then just shit goes wild, that's what it's all about. That's what our sport is about. That's what. That's why I'm still here doing it. You'll never replace that, that rush mm. um, and I think – being part of that and watching it live with a commentary and explaining what I'm feeling and what I felt before would be would be something that I think I could give a lot and sort of see myself continuing down that path. So, uh, so yeah. We'll see. We'll see. You never know. You never know. This year's your 18th Bathurst 1000 star for zero wins. I wasn't going to say that. You were alluding to it. No, I wasn't <laughs> alluding. I
0: just made a statistical record fact yeah. and you jumped to the next bit. But it's there's been a few... Close calls, like really close calls. Mm. A, a couple of podiums that, you know, we're talking seconds of the difference between a trophy that's on your wall here that's mm. I didn't see on the way in versus a bigger one um, from some of those races. The Stone Brothers, I think it was two years in a row or three Sorry. years in a row you finished on the podium between one with Cedo and then two with David Bernard yeah. that was, they were really close. Were they the best? Chances, given that you didn't you know, finish on I the think, podium, or were there a couple other years that you had a better chance? I think Murph
1: and I had a really good chance one year. Was it the year he crashed? Or the year after? The year the car didn't finish. Well, he, I yeah, don't like to finish. blame Murph It didn't for finish things. because it crashed. He it, it, it parked on the top of the hill. Okay, I he, think he permanently in. parked on the
0: top of the hill. <laughs> all right, I'll rephrase it for <laughs> don't you. Don't.
1: right, I've, well, I've done things as well, but... Um, I think that was a pretty good – I think we are on for a really good run then um, with Aussie Jack Perkins when the engine blew. 2018, I think. That was quite early, wasn't yeah, it? We yeah, we were super quick that year. Um, I think the, one, the year – I reckon it must have been 08. was my last year with SBR. We were, we were really quick. But Bezzy had a drama in the race, and he thought the roll bar was broken. We lost a heap of time, and then we had to come back through. But yeah, that I remember this first stint, just driving off, and I was going, you go up mountain straight. Oh, I remember and you did. You just and you led go down by a And mile. as I turned into turn two, I couldn't even see him over the hump, and I remember thinking, "Fuck, we're on here. This is it, boys." Wait, how um, many drivers have had that at oh,
0: Bathurst on yeah. their day, going, "Oh, this is the day. This yeah. is the
1: day." And, but yeah, well, it turns out right. it wasn't the day. But yeah, it's. It's killed me. It's, but that's the mystique of the place. But then you get guys like Garth and whatever have won there heaps of times. You're like assholes. Mm-hmm. Just but, want um, one. Yeah, he I won. just want one. I've mm. had my whole career, and that's the one big event that mm. I haven't haven't touched. So it's um, definitely 100. percent I'll feel that I haven't succeeded if I haven't ticked that one. Mm. Tick that one off.
0: Oh seven was another one in the wet, late, you, Rounds oh, Johnson Murph. Yeah. It's one of my favourite. Races. That was cool. That was epic. Like, not wet, wet, but drizzly
1: and the, slippery. The and lines were wet, and uh, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. That was good. Great TV. Across That's the top, I remember TV. watching because I think I was behind Lounds, and watching you sort of as you come—is it Mc, where you run along the wall? Is it McPhelimy? Hmm. Where you go through the grate and you come out and yep. you go along that pit? Yep. I remember I was always you sort of because the it gets wet next to the wall and it takes a long time for, cause the white line and the shadow and all that sort of doesn't stuff. doesn't dry out very good. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I'd come up and I'm sort of staying to the inside of that thing and I saw a lounge go over the other side and I remember opening the steering and thinking, oh, it must be all right. So then I've sort of come out behind him and followed him. And then as he's gone back across it, he's had the world's biggest slide. And I, I remember thinking, holy shit, hang on boys. <laughs> and, and exactly the same thing happened to me, but it's, um, but yeah that was, uh, that, was a, that was a cool event. The They're did- all good up there mate even if you have a bad day yeah it's, it's still, still gonna be a part of it's that. still pretty and you'd see some crazy sights like I, my I can't I've got no idea what year it was. We go out in the track because they do that driver parade in the morning in the back of the cars. <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm looking and I see we go across and there's this big guy like he is a big fella and he's yelling and cheering. I we'll wave to him we go around. You know, we start the race, sort of have a bit of a look over, he's still cheering. Because like, you look, like it's weird, you look at shit, stuff like... The, the stuff you notice while you're yeah. actually racing so, flat out. As we went through the day, I just kept having a look at this critter and seeing and he how he was going. at still in the same spot. By the time the last stint come, he was passed out and they'd put like a witch's hat on his head and he had like all these beer cans <laughs> stacked up around. This? Where was he sitting? It was like as you come out of the... It was down as you go dropping into the grade, he was sort of like, just over there on the right. So sort of yeah. as you drop in, so yeah. before I was sort of dropping park in, sort in of just having a, yeah, having a look over and I'd see him. And by the end of the day, he'd passed out and had stacked stuff on his head, and he missed the end of the race.
0: But it's only the most one of the most treacherous parts of the circuit where you're flat out and all your attention should be on the bitumen. Yeah, and you you're noticing up too
1: all through the day. It's weird. And if my the other thing that's strange, if my dad goes to the event, which he never does, I'll find him in the crowd.
0: Like where's Wally's back? Yeah, it's weird. Like while, if you're, he's, while you're on If track. he goes
1: and watches at a corner or something, I'll see him. I don't no. know, it's weird. No. All the way from when I was karting. I think because you would programmed when you're little, like when we were karting because your dad would give you signals with the tune, how to tune it and when to push and when to slow down. So I don't know, it must be just a thing like subconsciously it's if he's in. there, I'm like scanning for Tuned him. Yeah.
0: It's cool,
1: it's cool. Um, one of the other ones that,
0: uh, and the DJR, so you only did two Bathursts with DJR, and yep. I think the the O nine year was with Stevie J, because that was the last year that you could drive together with your full time teammate. And there was a, I think there was a clash at the top of the hill uh, when it was a bit slippery. But yeah, and Junior qualified. And who qualified?
1: Stevie. Oh, what'd you call him? Junior. Oh,
0: I thought you said I thought you called him Jimmy. I was going to say Jimmy. no, Junior. Jim, Jimmy Ben Junior. Because that
1: was right when it was all turning to shit with Charlie and. That was right in the heat of it. Right, 09. Dick's just It going, was already oh, started.
0: My boys qualify. Car 17, he's driving it. Yeah. And, and then the next year you do have to worry about that because you're in 18. Yeah. You and Luffy. But I think the splitter broke apart early and – but you still finished fifth or something and that was a crucial round to pull together the points to mm. keep you ticking for your championship. Um, the other year with Murph I want to talk to you about. There was an electrical drama in that HRT car all day. Oh, a steering
1: wheel. But I've always heard
0: there was a story going around that it was connected to the TV equipment that caused the issue. Is that true? Yeah. But the in-car cameras and all that stuff yeah. basically fried your car.
1: Yeah. How? I don't know. I'm no electrician. <laughs> I was going to say. They, yeah, I remember him telling that to us because I remember that. Yeah. Mm. It was all dramas and it wasn't working and it'd come on and off. and mm. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. So, so
0: love carrying TV, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the other element to all this is it's very rare for any supercar guys to miss. You know, you hear the stories of grand finals that clubs have made multiple grand finals but a star player misses because they're injured, they got suspended, they they hurt themselves earlier in the year. But, you know, Garth was one who missed out on a Bathurst when his, his car was crashed and, and you missed out obviously in that 15 year when you, you had that injury from Sydney. And, I mean... Bad enough that you had to miss Bathurst and watch and not be able to be a part, but Russell Ingle took your bloody drive. I mean,
1: yeah, that's, seriously,
0: that's, the Enforcer, he was out then, but he was straight back in when there was a gig going.
1: Yeah, I know. And then then Mostick crashed that next thing and then he was back well. in there.
0: He was just the fill-in for fill-ins.
1: Yeah, I'd like to say super sub, but I don't know, the muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in the truck and him and Jack just having a massive blow-up and Russell saying to Jack, "Will you've... Sand down with your shit set up. I'm setting it up for here, and we're all sort of looking at each other. And then the mus went out, and it wasn't that flash. And then <laughs> God just listened to what Jack said, and and um, went from there. But it, uh, yeah, it was hard. I suppose watching, which, and also we had that cool Star Wars livery, and I had I helmets painted like freaking Jedi fighter pilots couldn't and use all it. Sort of, yeah, couldn't yeah. use any of it. So. Um, that was annoying and I remember I drank an obscene amount of uh, booze that weekend to uh, numb the pain, which I wouldn't recommend anyone else to do. Probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea.
0: Um, I get the feeling in the latter years because when I look at the list of drivers that you've driven with up there, um, so Zach Best this year, you've got Thomas Randall previously, Brock Feeney when he made his debut at Bathurst, obviously Aussie Jack Perkins. Did you start that, the Aussie Jack Perkins thing? Is that your, yeah, your think
1: No, he because everyone you know, on TV, they're like Aussie Mick, Aussie Dan, Aussie Mark. So Aussie and because Jack, cause Jack, Jack was a, we started doing all the commentary stuff. I started he, saying that he was going to call himself Aussie Jack. Um, so, yeah, he calls me Aussie, Aussie James, and I call him Australian, just to annoy him, Australian <laughs> Jack or Aussie Jack.
0: <laughs> I get the feeling because you've had these younger drivers with you as the co drivers in um, previous years, and Zane Goddard too last year. Um, you've derived a lot of enjoyment. It, it, you love your racing, and you're obviously we can see that when you love something, you love it. But I get the feeling that you've really embraced that not elder statesman thing, but you're teaming up with these younger guys. They've got an opportunity, and you, you look to be at that point where if there's success, you're just as happy to see the success with other people as it is for you. Which, in a selfish sport as motor racing's, sort of not something that in your 20s or even early 30s you're wired to do, but it looks like the wiring's
1: changed over time. Yeah, it's been rewired. Really um, not for sure through my career up until I got to Tickford, I'd garth one I'd stand there and clap, but in my head I was like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was that, not hatred, but just that competitiveness and, and yeah. you wanted to be the guy doing it for the team, not totally, your teammate. But totally. um, Yeah, in the last few years with being at Tickford, and, um, you know, seeing how much Cam's come on in these last three years or four years, whatever it's been, has been awesome to be part of and I'm not saying I'm there coaching him or anything else but I think um, it's, for me, it's been great being that calming influence, I guess, that's been there and done it all before and... and um, Just apart from the mullet. That's the one bit. The dude. mullet. The mullet. Yeah, I had a mullet. So I know when I was a kid. But like yeah. His mullet, oh my it's God. nearly off now. It'll yeah. be off I reckon by the next round. But um but no, I've genuinely had um it's been good being part of that. And like Thomas on the weekend, getting those at the bend. Yeah. yeah as we as we're doing
0: from, this, it's just after the bend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um that was awesome to see. You know, he's such a Good young. He's the nicest guy in pit lane. He's
0: very nice. He's too nice
1: to be a racing driver. Yeah, seriously. yeah. But um, I always say he's like a Labrador. He's just sort of like, <laughs> like just excited to be there every, all the time. Now, like I don't think Thomas has a bad thing to say about anyone. No, that's true. He's just true. such a nice bloke and to see him do well um, has been fantastic. So, yeah, I think I've genuinely been um, excited and enjoyed that like with – with Brock initially, and and um, you know, and then with Thomas and and Zane, it's been been nice being part of that and sort of helping those guys develop and and showing them that um, you know, I suppose the way that I went about it and all those little stories and with our story time, it sort of shows I've been through a lot. And and um, you know, they ask me heaps of random questions and advice at times, which is which is interesting. I never would have. You know, years gone by, I wouldn't give them anything. I'd tell them the wrong thing. But uh, now genuinely helping, which is which is something I've never thought I would enjoy. It's the last thing I thought I would sort of enjoy, but it's been good.
0: Where did that switch flick? What, was it going to Tickford or was it the no, fact it was that you when, were
1: – when the whole Sydney thing yeah. turned to shit um, and I was out and I was just sitting there and I thought, you know what, life after racing is shit. Like, mm, I.e. not racing yeah. when you want to still race and you feel yeah, like and I was like – because I – I wasn't sort of at a position where I was ready to give up, so, or not give up, but pack it in. It was sort of, as everyone knows, it, the way it happened, but um, I think getting that second chance I only missed one round or whatever it ended up being yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, sorry, well and everyone else kind of sorry to it. sorry to Will um because his misfortune was my fortune yeah, yeah. but you but um, only missed Albert Park because
0: yeah. but everyone else didn't get to race there anyway so yeah exactly they all got one round start to their stat list no races yeah so you didn't lose any race starts to anyone yeah. so
1: so that was um yeah so I think being on the outside and seeing having a brief look at what it could have been like. It sort of changed your view on a lot of things and sort of I always knew that I was, you know, and I was grateful for what I was doing yeah. and lucky and all that sort of stuff. But it really sort of cemented that for me and 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 um you know really showed me how lucky I was and how amazing my life is and how fortunate um you know that I'm I'm still being able to do it. So why not pass on? Like I'm a big believer in you know with the carding side of things. So I had people helped me for a, a lot of it. So then I gave back to karting. Um, so why not do it in supercars? You know, it's, um, I'm not going to be here forever. It'd be pretty cool if I could make some good friendships and help some young guys along the way that when I'm sitting on the lounge in 10 years and these guys are winning championships and cleaning up, it'd be cool to know that you were sort of a little part of that. Mm. Do you know
0: how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online. Thanks to Castrol's Rejo to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil and find out. How was your takeout and your feeling after Bathurst last year? Obviously, Zane had the accident that he had at the chase. There was a whole fallout out um, after it. He's got an opportunity again this year, which is great with Craig Lowndes in the, the super cheap wildcard car. But how did you, you know, just what we talked about there, that very topic of sort of passing on what you know and putting your arm around someone, there was a prime opportunity and a prime example of being able to do that. Were you um, disappointed at how that all played out and how we kind of got, you know, fed to the lions to some degree?
1: Yeah, it was, um Yeah, I think that was pretty harsh. The um, what what happened? Um, yeah, I was gutted for him. And you know, as soon as it happened, I suppose being a father, you sort of straight away because he's I've known Zane for a long time since he was young as well, so you sort of become super protective. Um, So on one hand, I was like, oh shit, we're out of the race. But the second, then the next thing, I'm like, the first thing I said to him was, "Mate, I have fucked things up monumentally." I've torn some shit. Yeah, up, I didn't. said I, you name it, I've done it. I said, but I'm still here racing, mate. I said it, it happens. Like mm-hmm. we all make mistakes. Things go wrong, but you know what happens. How you go from now forward is will determine the rest of your career. Um, but he's yeah. I just kept ringing him, making sure he was okay because he was getting he was getting slaughtered and he didn't deserve it. Like everyone makes mistakes. Um, but um but no, I'm super happy that he's got another chance. And um I'm still super close with with Zane and his dad um Baden. But um but yeah, it's it was tough. But it it um it was nice that I I think I if it was I'm not saying anyone else would have acted differently, but I think the stage that I was in my career and how how I knew Zane um, sort of helped that whole process, and and I helped him as best as I could, getting through it. So it's um yeah, it was it would would have been really tough for him.
0: You mentioned before too, as part of the evolution of James Courtney, for want of a better term, that Team Sydney thing that ended you know as quick as it began. I think what was it Adelaide, and mm. that was that was it. Why why'd you go and do that? Why did you leave Walkman Shores? Was it that you had to leave Walkman Shores? No, Why I think I'd done
1: – we'd had nine years, and they were great nine years. Everyone was – so the relationship was there, and um, I just felt it was time to try something else. Um, I didn't want to get to a point where we started resenting each other and, and sort you of pointing the finger you, at each other, yeah. and so I sort of figured it was – it had run its course. I'd tried my hardest – um you know it was time for the next stage and what we were trying to do with the whole team sydney thing and how it could have gone if things had been played slightly different was could have been amazing for our sport um and really really been really good for for everyone involved so um that was the reason i sort of went that way and yeah you know, quickly realized that not everyone that was involved in it wanted the same thing so it um yeah like I said, didn't last very long. Mm.
0: I've got our National Motor Racing Museum Couch Racer questions, which we oh, do on this podcast, which is a chance there. for the fans to ask their questions. And I did have a rifle through these and was half expecting to see James Courtney's name appear on the list asking James Courtney a question. I was going but to, I was somewhat disappointed not to see that. I was going to ask you a question. If, if you were going to ask yourself a question, or was it to ask me a question, or were you going to do Dorothy Dix that I could
1: ask you about yourself. No, I would have just I, – I probably would have said, do I have to do this? <laughs> a bit late now. <laughs> yes, you've just done uh, nine-tenths of the podcast. Or, or, yeah, or I would have asked you to be nice to me in it. I've been nice to you. You have, not You have not I've
0: been quite nice. I haven't got to the good stuff yet. Uh, first question on this list from our uh, – I was going to say readers. Readers of the website, listeners to the podcast, is a man who is known as the ladies' man. <laughs> He is from Beauty the Geek. He these days he works on Power FM in Ballarat, my uh, hometown. that? <sighs> uh, Lockie Mansell. Lockie asks that you're a massive Penrith Panthers <laughs> fan in the NRL.
1: Oh, they won last night too.
0: What's your favorite memory in your time supporting the Panthers?
1: He have you been in he any He wrote to me this or? morning. We actually Penrith played Parramatta, which is his team right. last night. And they smashed us. Like it was a joke. So I don't really want to be answering this. Last night is definitely not okay, my that's favorite not Penrith on the moment. List, but um, but what is on the list? I think being a kid in Penrith, I think I was in maybe ten or eleven, and when Penrith won the premiership, and they came to my school, or they came to the school next door. To, we had two schools beside each other, and they went to the school next door, so we were able to go in and see the players. And that was um, that was probably my coolest Penrith moment because I was a kid, and I just, just never like gods,
0: loving it, Just yeah. totally big fan, big fan. Um, have you adopted an AFL team?
1: I haven't. <sighs> I could lie and say I had. But I Geraldman was St Kilda and Holden was Collingwood. Um, you
0: got dragged into some wear a jumper, go and have a kick with the boys type yeah, PR stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. My best AFL memory, I've got an AFL memory. Go on, give me one. So it was 2010 Australian Grand Prix because mm-hmm. St Kilda played the Geelong guys, Cats. Mm-hmm. Scotty Sinclair, who was my engineer at the time, yep. and I had to go down you know, to the Gelbin box. Who is
0: a shocking Fremantle supporter, by the way. He loves the
1: Dockers. Yeah, but he's mad AFL. So he's yeah, explaining yeah. the game to me. Anyway, this guy catches it right in front of the goals. Do you call it goals? It's a mark. Yeah. yeah. And this guy, like it's within two metres of the line, so he just boots the crap out of this ball, and it goes up into the third tier of the stand, like into the top. It's three tiers, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which ground? Oh, MCG. Yeah, yeah, and old mate jumps and catches it up on the top and Scotty and I are looking and then um, they're all cheering and we're laughing, we're watching him and we're in like the President's Club thing, everyone's got suits on, everyone's sitting down and we're sort of standing at the window and we're like, and then they're all sort of, his mates is like pushing everyone back so this guy's about to kick it back off the third tier. So the guys are down the bottom cheering because they scored, so anyway this guy runs back in, kicks it off the third tier level, just boots the skin off it, comes back through the goals, old mate still cheering down the bottom because he kicked the goal with all his team, boom, (laughs) Falcom clocks him straight in the (laughs) noggin. Imagine getting kicked in the head from the third tier. The third tier is a long way and down. And the mate goes down and I just pissed myself laughing. We're like killing ourselves in the President's Club. Everyone looks over. Anyway, it made your footy show the next week. It was, that was, that's my one AFL memory. I that was, was waiting awesome. for you to
0: launch a bit of 12th man then, a bit of whoosh, cop this. Easy. Mate, I'm it down. just he cracked grains. him. Absolute corker. Just uh, got to be careful when the ball comes back. Yeah. Uh, Richard Westhead, can you ask James about his time with Toyota in the Japanese GT Championship? I think Super GT as it's sort of more frequently known. And what are your highlights from that part of the career? Those cars must have been cool to
1: drive. Yeah, they were awesome. They were like, um, yeah, big flat bottom, air, um, ground effects, turbo, or maybe the Nissan was per- We were naturally aspirated. Yeah um, Supra, you had a Super yeah, Supra. You, yeah, Supra. So a guy actually gave me a model, um, came with a model last round me to sign. Oh, cool! Yeah, that was a bit out there. Um, they those cars are amazing. They're um, they like formula cars with bodies. Mm. So it was uh, that was probably because I went from karting to Formula Four, Formula Three, all that sort of stuff, and you sort of forgot. Like I love the racing, but I've probably the racing becomes more about the qualifying, and and um, you don't race. It sounds weird, but you're not really racing wheel to wheel because of the wings on the. On the um, sort of Formula car cars, up. yeah, because there's so much turbulence from the car in front. And when I went to Jap GT, it was the first time you could race nose to tail again because they had um, full flat bottoms. So it sort of sparked up that love of racing and wheel to wheel combat and all that sort of stuff again. And probably in the end, what drove me to come back here. Because you drove those. Yeah. And I was like, sort of got you all. I was like, I like bang. Doors. This is, yeah. I, like I was like, doors. this is cool. We can ram each other and. <laughs> Race close and all that sort of stuff. But those cars were so good to drive. Was it so one
0: of those scenarios? I remember you telling me at the time that you, you had a, a Japanese co driver who was, and clearly the manufacturers were a big part of it all. But you kind of, every time you got in the car, you knew you had to claw it back because he'd lose the time. It was like, like, like the GT races have with the Pro and the Am almost, where you were having to sort of constantly make up time. Yeah, exactly. And
1: we never had to do, like, there was no debriefing at all. It was you just get out of the car and the teammate, the Japanese guy, would be talking with the engineer and you just sort of stand there and I'd make a change. you get back in and drive and then he'd have a go then I'd change something. So it was, all, it was all very bizarre in that way. Um, so
0: your Japanese language skills were? I could order a beer. Um, That's a, that that matters when you down. need to deal with understeer, yeah, doesn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah, so that was about it. But, it um, but no, the cars were amazing and it was a cool, cool, cool time. Very cool time.
0: Brad Piggott asks, he'd love to know what was your favourite go-kart track growing up? Oof, um, easy. Yeah? Rally. That's what he said that you would Bingo. probably say. Yeah. I know, I saw
1: a picture, it sounds like i trawl my phone, about, it would have been a month ago of a drift car on there and the place was wrecked. Oh, what? Yeah. Is it still a kart track? No, I think it's like people just go there and go drifting now. Yeah. It was near Coffs Harbour mm. and it was, um, yeah, it was awesome. It was the coolest track. It had like Lots of undulation and quite fast flying, really long. It was it was mega. And that was was there some internationals? Yeah, that's where did? we used to have the international race. That's the one where that's where I raced and beat the Euros and then got the opportunity to go to the World Championship. It was a launch pad to Yeah, it
0: was. To, to take you there, to take you there. Uh Saren Thatch is a regular sleuth listener, slash reader. What's the reason? Here we go. Behind your fear of bananas?
1: Oh I don't know, just
0: what is it about? I don't get it. I love bananas. I find
1: there's a lot of people
0: that have it. It's, it's a proper. Thing. It's a. It's a th- yeah. I don't know what it's called, but it's a it's thing a real thing where it just makes you. Ugh.
1: Yeah, like just if Tegan eats one, bomb. Not kissing you until you've washed your teeth, brushed your teeth. Like it's, <laughs> and if she has one in the day, like and I'm not around, I can still I can still tell. Really? Yeah. Like what, the only like time a
0: lingering I've, effect from hours ago.
1: Yeah, the only time I can ever have any or, any sort of interaction with a banana. Is when I have to mash it with avocado or something for the kids. I Wait, remember so doing it for Zara s- and Cadell, and I'm just like,
0: "Hit uh, yours, yeah." Not even
1: a smoothie, no, nothing. Not I can't any- even eat those banana flavored lollies, which is banana got, paddle pops got no banana in them. Yeah, no, none of it. Wow, none of it. Maybe it's the shape just going in my mouth, which is <laughs> awkward. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, anyway, next question. Justin Olin, and I, w- I was going to ask this, but I thought because I saw that he'd asked it, I'd leave it as his question. How did Frank the Tank come about?
1: Well, oh, it's from the movie Old School.
0: I know it's from the movie Old School, but why did you adopt it and how did you adopt it?
1: So I remember I was at home watching a movie, or maybe we we're away at a race and we we're watching it with Mikey Flynn, who was my number one, and Benny Croak. They were my two mechanics at SBR.
0: <laughs> who are now obviously both at, at DJR. Yeah,
1: they're so both at DJR now. Um, and we we're watching it. I reckon it might have been at Bathurst.
0: So I think the and first time you bowled this out was Townsville yeah. when you won for DJR for the first time in 09.
1: No, first time was at SBR.
0: At Queensland Raceway yeah. did you bowl it out when yeah. you won that first
1: race? I think it was the first year we were at Bathurst, we were watching old school on the movie on the because you're there for a week and you yeah, rent a you house a and all that downtime, sort of stuff. Yeah. And I'll, Will Farrell came up and did Frank the Tank and I said to Mikey and, and Benny Croak, I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm gonna do it on the roof if we win. Anyway, and then obviously we didn't win Bathurst, that year we came second, we're freaking close. Um, but yeah, so then from then on, I just started doing it. And then he does a beer bong as well. He does, And yeah. then when Jack and I won at the Gold Coast, I had, we had a beer bong, because I was Monster at the time, we we're gonna do it with Monster and everything, but they shut it down, didn't let us do it, so. Who's they? Supercars. Why? Oh. I don't know. Sponsor class. Yeah, maybe. Oh. But, yeah, so it's, it's all the way from just watching the movie. Were you on the lookout for a celebration move no,
0: or I it just always occurred liked, to you?
1: I always liked how Rossi did. He always said something Yeah, he always cool. said something and that was, that was cool. And then um, and I was like, oh, if that happens, I'll do that. And no. Boom, then it's just rolled on.
0: Well, I love that movie, I haven't seen it for a long time, but I'm so glad that you adopted the Frank the Tank.
1: Not the streaking in the quad? Correct. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you knew exactly, we're, honey, we're, we're, we're streaking through the quad, everyone's doing it, come on, we're going. And yeah. he's
1: just running along by himself. He's just and by himself. And He's got no Stuckers. gear on. And then the, old, the other girl in the car goes, is it cold out there? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't
0: seen the movie old school and you don't know what the yeah, hell that, we're talking about, have a look yeah, at that. it. My so. car was
1: called the Red Dragon too
0: which car? The HRT car.
1: No, the SBR car at the time, cuz that's what his car called it, the Red Dragon. <laughs> took the restrictive plate out. Yeah. Give a little more juice, not exactly street legal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you watched too many movies. Too many movies, too many movies. Um I reckon Frank the Tank's a good place to uh to finish our chat, mate. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for being so open about a whole pile of stuff and um uh, let's say that we would love to see Frank the Tank somewhere again soon and potentially
1: Bathurst. Is that all right if we do it at Bathurst? I would
0: be because you do know that I don't know that a lot of drivers know this but when you look at the um, some of the betting sites leading into Bathurst actually have a book on, oh, not a book but, you know, a area of betting of whether the driver will get on the roof to celebrate their victory or not. There's actually odds for it. There's actually a thing about it, which I think is quite strange. Don't get any ideas. But I, I, I will laugh one day if I ever see them put another market up there that is that the winner will do the Frank the Tank because it means if you've won, clearly you're doing it. But it means if someone else has won, they're ripping off your move.
1: Yeah, it's mine. Don't
0: touch it. Have you trademarked it?
1: No. Probably I might, sure. have you might have to. You well, might have to. Or pass it. And I can choose someone to pass it on to. Well, I
0: think that's an important thing too. Now, as a pro yeah. wrestling fan, some of the great finishing moves of all time get have been passed on to the next
1: generation. You know, with
0: Stone Cold Stunner, oh. that's been moved on to Kevin who Owens. And who, should who would I, you pass? Here we go. This is a good topic. Who should feature. I pass it on to? Who would you pass on the baton of Frank the Tank to? Who's deserved it in your eyes in the younger crop of drivers? Who's got the personality? Who's got the arm-pumping ability that could actually carry it off with oh. good quality?
1: Who's as much of an asshole as I am? <laughs> it's not an I asshole. I don't know. Who thing. are we thinking the young guys? What have you got?
0: Who's got the person? Could, could you picture Thomas Randall doing it? Too nice. Yeah, Tom's
1: too nice. Um,
0: I don't Cam know. Cam Waters, would he adopt it?
1: Cam. No. He's, not. He'd be a bit too cool for Frank the cool cool Tank. Okay. Um, um Brock. I think the only one that could do it, I reckon, would be
0: Will Will Brown.
1: Brown. Yeah, yeah. I reckon Will would be the man for it. We would anoint him as the new freshie tank. Maybe we should get him a beer bong and just (laughs) hand it over. (laughs) A golden beer bong, and
0: at the end end of the season, he can just unplug the Coke can and plug a Red Bull can into the bottom. That's got awkward all of a sudden. That's a whole other topic for someone else to talk about another day. (laughs) JC, thanks so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, And long may Frank the Tank continue and. To all the supercar drivers out there, um, you know you've made it if you get anointed as the new custodian.
1: We'll have future. to get the crown sorted.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's dangerous. Thanks, Jason. Thanks,
1: mate. Well,
0: how good was that? James Courtney in fine, fine form. I, Well, as you could probably tell, really enjoyed that podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening along. A big thank you to James for opening the doors at chateau courtney and uh a few stools around the kitchen bench much appreciated it was good fun he's a bundle of energy isn't he uh he's got plenty more chapters to write too in that motor racing story of his whether it's behind the wheel as a co-driver or it could be dangerous if we let him loose with a microphone on tv on a full-time permanent basis and well he has anointed will brown as the one to take over frank the tank so we're gonna to have to wait and see what's going to happen in the years to come if Will is the man, or indeed, someone else takes the mantle for Frank the Tank. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the V8 Sleuth Podcast. We've got plenty more great chats lined up for the upcoming weeks. Thanks again for your support and for tuning in, and I'll chat with you next time. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Redjo to oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, And within seconds, you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil and find out.